Welcome to the Sackdown Royalty Show. I'm your host, Bradley the Rock Geyser. That was a Mitch Richmond reference, not a Dwayne Johnson reference. Because I don't know if many of you know this, but Dwayne Johnson, the actor, many people call him The Rock. So just a little insider knowledge for you before we start this. But we have a fun show today. We are going to be joined in a little bit by Kimani Okira. Um, if you've been to Sacktown Royalty at all, you've seen his photography. And if you haven't been to Sacktown Royalty, why are you listening to this podcast? I'm just going to keep it real with you right there. Just, I mean, we want you to be a Sacktown Royalty if you're going to hear my beautiful voice. So Kamani will join us in a little bit. You can find his work at Lensface on Instagram, but he, I know he posts it across platforms. I'll ask him for his social media info when he's on here but check him out first we're going to talk about some preseason basketball highlight of the season right here especially when you're me and have had little chance to check it out so what better way to talk about it than my podcast where i talk about the kings but seriously i i got to see some of the in the games from india but then i had to go somewhere where i had no access and my internet gave out during the game against the Pacers, and last night's game wasn't on TV because, you know, NBA fans, if there's one thing we want, it's not to be able to watch games that they could easily just stream or whatever. I know there's ulterior ways to do it via your imagination that I'm assuming some of you watched it on, but I didn't have a chance to last night. But aside from that rant, no, I'm going to keep on that rant. Come on, Kings. Come on, NBA. We are basketball fans. You pay these guys millions of dollars. Maybe it's the channel, maybe it's the team, maybe it's the NBA, but would it hurt you to just give us an arena feed on the channel, on the internet, whatever, and not just within 75 miles of the arena, all that stuff that they do? Can you please just think about the fans? We want to know some of these guys before we see them. And if you're like me and have terrible internet, the streaming isn't even that great. But I'll take that. Can we please, I beg you, just watch the games. That's all I ask. I just want to see my young kings thrive. I just want to see it. I want to be able to talk about it with both of my friends. I just want, you know, a little... The players need preseason, so do the fans. Do you think that my beautiful insights are going to be in midseason form come the middle of October? No. I need eight games or whatever it is to really hone my craft. This is a professional operation. And I'm not just talking about this podcast. I'm talking about myself. I'm a professional operation. And I need a preseason just like the rest of you. I need to come up with new nicknames and new puns. I need all of this. I know people think that I'm this brilliant wit that just comes up with these things off the top of my head, but no. I need a preseason as a fan, as a podcast host, as an occasional blogger, as a human being. Just give this to me, Kings. Please. I beg you. But, sorry for that little rant. Before we get to Kimani, I'm just going to give a few little thoughts from the little bit I've seen. Because I don't know if I made this clear. I haven't been able to watch as much preseason as I wanted. Some of it my fault, because two games were on TV and just stuff happened to make me not be able to watch it. But what I do like, I will just give five quick pointers. Some of them preseason, some of them are more 
just me cheating and saying it's preseason. But what I like so far. One, more three-pointers. I forget what the exact number was, but they shot more three-pointers. This is what the team needs to do. We have one of the best three-point shooters on the planet. We have many guys who can shoot threes this year. So we need to shoot it up. I'm not saying we need to be the Houston Rockets, but we need to shoot it up. That's going to be our best chance many games, especially if we're hitting. Two, the big men, Deadman and Rashawn Holmes. I am of the firm belief that anyone who thinks that this is a regression from Willie Cauley-Stein did not watch the Kings last year. We have a better big man rotation. We have one that makes sense, and we need to use that. Three, Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley has been great. He was wiping the floor with Rudy Gobert as far as I could tell last night. Maybe I'm embarrassing myself, but I think that's great. And if he's a star, this could be his breakout year. If he can have a De'Aaron Fox-like um, progression, that is great for the team. It's great for me, and it's great for you. And I love that. And then I forget what number that was, but... Four, five, whatever this is, isn't really preseason. But Buddy healed Bogdan Bogdanovich. It just came out that the Kings offered Bogey like a contract that was worth like four years, fifty-two million or something like that. We need to lock these guys down. We have our best young core in years. We have our first stretch where we've had multiple good draft picks within two, three, four years. We need to lock them down. We cannot start this over and let drama happened with Buddy Heald especially but Bogey too because I think he's could have a six man type year so we need to lock them down and that's all there is to it so without further ado I am joined today by a very special guest my other guests have been special they've been fine this is a very special guest this is Kimani Okira how's it going Kimani oh man I am doing just fantastic I did. I I probably did a terrible job explaining this in the intro, talking about lens face and stuff. So before we get going, why don't you just tell them about lens face, what you do for us, all that. Awesome. Well, I am um, entering, I think, my fourth season with Sacktown Royalty. No, yeah, that sounds right. Fourth season with Sacktown Royalty as their photographer after switching over there from um, Cabo Kingdom, and uh, three. Uh, when I first came to Sacktown Royalty, I started producing a little show uh, called Lens Face. And it's all about the experience of being an NBA photographer, what it's like to be behind the scenes with the other media members, the feel of the game working from the sidelines, or I guess now in Golden One Center, they got me in the corner. But uh, it, it's there for fans to enjoy. I, I do a game-by-game episode. I'm a little behind on the editing right now. I'm going to catch up before the season starts. But uh, it's, it's just an, another little behind-the-scenes channel. Uh, it features a lot of my personality. You get to look at my shots. You get to uh, see other photographers and other media members that are local to Sacramento and from around the league. And uh, I think it's just a, a nice little piece of NBA lore. And I feel you there. I think that's where we shake hands as podcasters and video people. The directed yeah. editing. <laughs> Especially okay. this. Hopefully we won't have anything today audio issues on every single thing although this system right here has been good so i'm going to keep my fingers crossed that i don't have to piece together a conversation one by one 
Well, even despite the audio issues, I think you've been doing a great job hosting the podcast. Uh, I oh, thought you were funny for a lot of years. So having it in audio form and having it for fans to uh, directly access is just amazing. All right, I'll, Ven- I'll Venmo you the money I told you to. I told you I'd give you for that. Yeah, it was uh, what was it like four hundred Ziller bucks? Yeah, four hundred Ziller bucks. I might even do five hundred. I don't know if Ziller bucks still have any value or not, but we'll see. Well, they do with Ziller, right? Yep. All right. We'll just have, we'll just have to see. So, as part of Lens Face, you were part of Media Day, correct? Yeah. And part of Sackdown Royalty, Lens Face, Sackdown Royalty, all of that. You're a jack of all trades. Um, what were your takeaways from that? What's give me like two or th- well, we'll start with one. Well, what was the it could be basketball, it could just be something funny, all that. What was the best thing you saw on media day? Because I've never been able to go. The the vibe this year was incredible. Just the team vibe. Everybody, everybody on the roster was light, smiling. Uh, media day is kind of a, a slog, especially for the players, because they have to go around all these different stations that are there for four or five hours taking questions, having to deal with all these pictures. And um, everybody was in a good mood. All the all the King stars, I put that in quotes because uh, these guys are all so down to earth. It's hard to really see them as the stereotypical NBA diva. I'm talking De'Aaron Fox and, yeah. and Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald. I mean, these guys, they're, they're, they feel like they're just mid-20s kids, like, hanging out. You know, that's what it feels like. So, um that atmosphere was extended over the entire media day. It wasn't as busy as past years, but but I uh, I think that's because in past years NBA 2K was doing some sort of 3D scanning thing at media day, and I didn't see them this year. And they take oh, up all okay. So um, is that, is that how they get the players and stuff? The like when you get 2K, is that how they do it? Or I don't know what they did this season, but in past seasons they had this huge segmented off area of the practice facility. It was um, with uh, that kind of thick black tarping all around it, and the players would go in, they'd get a 3D scan all around their body and face and all that stuff, and then that's how 2K would build their images. But um, I don't know how they're doing it this year. Um, I didn't see the the station, either that or they got some new technology and, and streamlined the whole thing and made it a lot smaller. Oh, nice. So I know when I do it, I have to like use the phone, and it takes like seventeen different tries. Yeah, and it's awful. I would hope they don't do that with players. If if you get the lighting wrong on your face, it just shows up on the player. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I've had some like weird it. results. And I'm an objectively beautiful person. I don't think I have a face that should be hard to scan, but Two K disagrees. Well, everybody's beautiful to somebody, and yeah. everybody's ugly to somebody. You know what they so. need is they need they need one a two K scan that captures inner beauty. Oh, well, there you go. Well, in that case, I'm a I'd be like a seven five guy. Nice, yeah. That's what they should do. Just, yeah, they should just somehow find a way to scan you as a person, and then it might not look like you, but it will represent you. I like that. I like it. That's that's innovative. Yeah. You know? Well, we'll have to we'll have to talk about that more off air because I think we're onto something. Yeah. Yeah. Trademark that. Yeah. But back to media day. We, I mean, we could talk about inner beauty all day, but back to media day, and we'll we'll transition to preseason. But as they talked, you said they're a bunch of down to earth guys. There's a very good vibe this year. Well, 
as they talked, what what was your takeaway? Well, I think uh, Buddy and Harry probably had the most to say about the season. Um, those are probably two of the more outspoken guys on the team. Dogden and, and uh, Darren can be reserved at times. So, uh, but Buddy sounded really juiced to go, like North on a lot of stuff, really confident in what he's got. And um, Harry, up until the knee issues, I mean, he was he was right there with Buddy, just sounding ready to go, like he's going to bring another level this year, all this stuff. So let's, uh, you know, knock on wood for Harry's knee, and hope hopefully he's yeah. back to form soon. And I'm um, hoping they're, I'm hoping they're just being cautious with preseason, just given his past. But I don't know. Seems like a long time. No reason to push it. He's, he's yeah. second year. I mean, second year playing, and uh, you know these these uh, situations can be so fragile as we as as we've seen over the years. So there's no reason to really push him out there. It, it's only for the fan satisfaction. The coaches know yeah. what they're working with. Granted, this was this was they played games since, and he hasn't played. But they made it almost sound like to me that plane travel is a bigger deal with the India games. But he also hasn't played here or on the road so i don't know yeah i never try to panic until we know something but it is something to keep an eye out for and uh that's a bummer for harry because i from what i understood especially for media day he was really excited to go to india so um that's what i love about harry he's excited about everything yeah and he was talking about all the food he was going to try and all these things. And so he, to, for him not to go on that trip, I bet that was – he got a little bit of uh, FOMO there, you know? Hopefully. I, I know it wouldn't be the same, but hopefully he can get on one of Vivek's trips. He does. He usually does some throughout the offseason, too. Hopefully he can get over there in that regard at least. Oh, I'm sure Harry – He wants to go to India at some point in his life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is true. Yeah. He makes more money than – I'm just going to put it out there that he probably makes more money than you and I. Yeah, uh, he makes more money probably from one game than I do from three seasons. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's the NBA there for you. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, it, it was an exciting media day. It gave us a lot of excitement leading into the preseason. And the uh, we, we have another game tomorrow, right? Yeah, I believe so. Depending on when you're listening to this. Right. Tomorrow. No matter when you're listening to this, if it's 10 years from now, we have a game tomorrow. Just remember that. If you're listening to this 10 years from now, you're special. Yeah, that means that I did either did something very right or very wrong. Or you're just clicking around and you discovered this. And in that case, uh, hello from a decade ago. How you doing? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Welcome. I don't know if that's what you say to someone from the future, but welcome. So you've also you've covered there's only been one home preseason game, right? Yeah. And you were there. Yeah, and I did a couple of days of the training camp as well. I didn't do all the training camp days. Oh, okay. But, um it can get kind of repetitive as far as my looks as a photographer and then as far as what the players say. It's not really much new information coming in there, but um the preseason game was exciting. Um, Looked like a, I think it was a 15,000 person crowd or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that arena was packed, and we, uh, some of the other photographers and I were joking, like, eh, this doesn't really happen in many other places in the NBA for preseason game. I think there is a buzz coming into this year that we haven't had in quite a while. I think the city expects playoffs. I really do. Yeah. And, uh, and that's a tough expectation on this group yeah. because it, it's kind of like last year where things need to break right 
And um, it, the West is tougher, as everybody says. Things need to break right. If there's any injury to a major player on the Kings, I don't see him, yeah. I don't see him overcoming that. So yeah. uh, and anyway. the Kings might be in the situation. We it's just reality where even in our best case scenario season, there's a chance we could win 48 games and miss the playoffs with how the West is. And if that, if happened, that happened, I don't want us to be down. It would be annoying, but I don't want us to be down on the team if they win 48. That would be a nine. No, game yeah, no. If that happens, I think I think fans would be uh, juiced regardless. And that's just a like if you're looking at if you're in the ninth spot at 48 wins and you're looking above you and there's uh, eight other teams with 50 wins, I think you just got to take off your cap to them. And say, you yeah. know what, that's the way it shakes out, and uh, we're in a better position for next season. But, you know, the NBA uh, time was very quick. I mean, four or four, five years go by, Buddy's now 31, 32, right? So, yeah. Uh, well, that might be five weeks from now, given how fast he's aged. So, oh, yeah, that's right. He's got this Benjamin Button thing going on. Yeah. Got so it. Who knows? Buddy Heald and a Buddy Field. Yep. So, but, uh, oh, I was just thinking. I was just picking my brain for more things to get out of you. Um, what what's been your takeaway? Just on court play, what you see when you play, and this can expand to the games from India and the last one if you saw it. What's been your biggest um, takeaway the on the court? On, uh, I did not see the last game against the Jazz because um, there's no broadcast and. Yeah, I, am a, I went on a know, rant. I never use I never use illicit streams for anything. I'm a very good uh, digital media consumer in that way, so I will you know you won't ever find me using uh, some sort of uh, stream that's not legal for yeah. a basketball game. Wink. Oh wait, what? use your imagination. Um, that's how, that's what you say. You use your exactly. imagination to watch it. Use my imagination. I really like what Walton's doing with Fox. I think he uh, is taking advantage of his speed and the type of spacing he needs because what Jaeger would do is he would run these flex plays that would always put the bigs in the paint. And Walton's spreading people out more, running things off the high post more. So when Darren gets down in the lane, people actually have to take steps to collapse on him. They actually have to move if to cover ground to collapse on him. Whereas uh, last season with Jaeger, I mean, they were already there. And we saw it a number of times where he would drive in and throw up something or get blocked and or miss a layup. Or, uh, But this season, I think Walton has a better understanding of the modern NBA in terms of spacing and, and what's needed for the players that he has with the skill sets to, to thrive. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, my main concern with this team is that they're still young. I don't see a closer yet. Like Bogdan's nice and all these things. Darren's, Darren's clutch. But uh, and and Buddy can catch fire, but I don't see a person like when when they're in the last two minutes and it's a really close game. I, I really I'm still I still have questions about how this team is going to handle this situation. They need to. I felt like they didn't give up in games last year, but they played especially when they were ahead. They played with the confidence of a much better team than they were, and that was always their downfall. I feel like we don't need a closer. We just need all of them to. We need them to make the right choice. And I love yeah. Dave Yeager. I actually wish Dave Yeager was still with his team. But if there was a complaint I had, there were times where in the clutch, he just wouldn't find the hot hand. And I'm hoping that's what they do. If Bogdan, if it's De'Aaron, if it's Buddy, just find the hot hand and let them lead us. 
I like Yeager as a person. Um, I don't think any any single rostered king that was on the roster last year misses him at all. Oh, I know. This you know? was just my personal. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, I've I've heard as much, so I understand. That's what I've heard too. Now, not from any player's uh, mouth directly, but um, yeah, down the grapevine. Um, and, and it, and it was like, telling. It was telling when he was let go that you didn't really see any players going, "Hey, thanks for the good memories, coach." Blah blah blah. It was just kind of silent. Yeah. No. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw it as fans too. There's at least three or four games last year that I can count where Jaeger's decision making and. And some of his thought process definitely hamstrung what the team was trying to do. And I think that wore on him, yeah. you know, and, uh, and I think regardless of the Buddy Heald situation, I think his, the writing was on the wall for Jaeger. Yeah. I got the feeling that it wasn't so much that the guys disliked him. It was just, he wasn't right for them. He didn't really click with them. Like, I don't think it was George Carl <laughs> with half the roster or something. I just got the feeling it just, for whatever reason, Jaeger wasn't the guy. Not for the next step, but, you know, I'll give them some credit for growing these yeah. guys and getting them to be professionals. That's something that we'll always appreciate here in Sacramento, and I don't think uh, we should, you know, tell the story of these Kings and, and the chapter that's ahead without referencing that development period under Jaeger, where Fox and Buddy and, and, and Harry and Marvin all learned how to be professional basketball players and, and carry themselves at a high level. I think there's something to be said for his influence on that as well as the organization structure itself. I mean, you got a bunch of former players in all sorts of roles. So, um, you know, I think, but I, I'm excited to see just the, the way the offense looks now. I mean, I, I prefer open space. I prefer this team in particular running out of horns more. That's the two high po- two bigs on the high post. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be a, a fun season. Uh, I have a, I have a question for you though. What? Is there any matchup that you're looking forward to, given what we know of the NBA right now? I, this sounds cliche. I, I'm looking forward to how they play the top tier. I mean, I could say the Mavericks and all these teams I think are somewhere near our level, even like the Hawks, other young teams, see how they do. But I want to see how they do against the top teams because that's going to be the litmus test. They need to both arrive when the Lakers are here, when the Clippers are here, when the Bucks are here, all these teams, they need to arrive at those games. And if they are doing that, they also need to arrive with that same intensity when it is a bottom feeder, when it's the Bulls, when it's whoever. I mean, the Bulls I might think. be a playoff team this year, but that's what I want. I want them to just be consistent. Yeah, agree with that. I, I'm anticipating, like you said, the top-tier matchups, mainly the matchups with the teams that – um did a really tough time with last year. Like the Clippers, it didn't match up well. The Clippers just got better. Um, the Jazz didn't match up well, and they got better. Uh, Portland, um, those were always close games, but Portland always beat them. So I, I would like to see them get over the hump with Portland. I'd like to see them treat Utah the way the Utah's treated them over over uh, the recent years because Utah's just blown the Kings out over and over and yeah. over again. It's It's kind of... It's wary. It's it's definitely. Uh, I think weird. Utah is kind of a good te- a good litmus test too, because they're probably right now what we should be aiming for. That team that they have they have lots of talented players. They have Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, all that, but they don't have like a superstar. But yet every year they're there competing, and 
would not be shocked at their finals team this year, man. The, the Jazz are, are are that good, and uh, like people don't really understand how much of an impact Gobert has on the game. I mean, he controls, he he dictates everything the offense is yeah. doing. And they needed a point guard to push him over the edge, and they got a cha- like a championship tier point. Oh, Conley's there, huh? But you uh, step up from Rubio. Wow, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that's crazy. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see them in the finals. That would not that would not shock me whatsoever. And there's, uh, it, you know, there's seven teams in the West that I could all foresee being finals teams. The Kings probably not. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would personally love that to, uh, and as would every fan in Sacramento. It would be the most surprising thing of all time. But, um, but I, I, I doubt that's going to be. I doubt that's going to happen. Uh, before the season starts, what are your finals predictions? Um, I don't know. That's what I love. I don't know. I want to say like the Clippers and the Bucks, but I truly do not know. I, have, I think those two teams have depth that will be very hard, plus the star factor that will be very hard to overcome. But Giannis does have to take the next leap if that if the Bucks are going to happen. I think it's going to be the Lakers. I think even regardless of how good the Clippers do, I think there's going to be a little bit of magic, you know, because the the league right now, in terms of the storytelling and the the way things are being represented right now, it's, they're being painted in a real bad light on this yeah. freedom of speech issue uh, concerning um, two different states, you know? Yeah. So uh, if the Lakers make the finals, do you think anybody's going to be talking about this in next June? No, I don't think anyone's yeah. going to be talking about this in November. That's fair. <laughs> it's That's the fair. way things work. But with that note, um, I explained to Kimani, and I'll explain to you guys now. I, I think some of these episodes are going to start a little shorter because i'm hoping to do multiple times a week so i won't take an hour and a half two hours of your time every time and oh i need to cue the sackdown royalty band obviously but we yeah so don't don't be afraid if you want longer episodes let me know and we'll do more long episodes but i'm probably going to start shorting them because i want to start doing multiple episodes a season and if the kings start actually broadcasting, i'll try to get the first post game shows whether it's video or just podcast up soon and yeah that's my plan for the immediate future does that sound like a good plan kimani sounds good to me and uh sacktown royals you can find me at the Kamatsu on twitter and instagram in fact i i film lens face live on my instagram on my private instagram it's at the Kamatsu. so if you're uh watching the game and you're on my instagram you will see behind the scenes looks from that game that you're watching on at the Kamatsu. but you can find the full episode at NBA Lensface on both Twitter and Instagram, and then also at, uh, on YouTube uh, uh, at Lensface. And nice. there's three seasons of Lensface up there. It's almost every home game from the past three seasons. So we've been able to see, I mean, it's really an anthology of the growth of the team since the DeMarcus trade, or even before that. So, uh, you know, when you, when you, if you decide to tune in and binge watch it, Try to take in as much as possible. I know I'm not the most exciting guy, but uh, I hope the content is exciting for you. I hope it's enjoyable. All right, sounds good. And with that, you can follow me at, at the real Brad G. Um, maybe I'll write something for Sacktown Royalty soon. Get real out of my comfort zone. And thank you for wa- listening, not watching. Hopefully, there'll be a watching aspect soon. I still have to think about that. If you have any ideas for that, let me know. Uh, 
Actually, you'd be a good person to talk to about that too, but we'll talk about that later. But I will talk to you guys either next week or maybe in a couple days if we can get one of these games out. And until then, thank you for listening to the Sackdown Royalty Show.